3: left against Chucky Hepburn. Webster the right-hand dribble, flips to Walker, and his handoff to Webster is poked away, stolen by Chucky, slam dunk Chucky Hepburn. A steal and a dunk for the Omaha, Nebraska native. Well, Revenge of Chucky, as uh, we are back at it on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It's a bit of a remote show, so can tune in and check us out. ESPN Lincoln's Facebook feed via StreamYard or on ESPN Lincoln Twitter. Can connect with us. Uh, also, share your comments. Online, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, and a lot to get to. Plenty of football on our mind as it's another junior day for Nebraska football. A lot of prospects from around the region and in state are checking out the Big Red. Husker Baseball got underway with practice, and Will Bolt and company got to embrace those expectations. We'll dive in there. And uh, plenty to react to with Nebraska basketball. We were at the single barrel yesterday during the men's contest. Uh, the women did what they do, uh, rolled a bad team, uh, and uh, didn't look back. They took care of business. The men, though, are reeling, are struggling, and uh, we can talk about it. Numbers to get in today at 466-3776, 3776 825 Five eight six five Numbers to contact us, email Chris at com. Chris Schmidt, and uh, find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Elijah, what do you know? How was the the Thursday night? You gearing up for some NFL? Have you put some bets down yet? Uh, We'll dive into some of the props that are out there. We heard from Danny Burke yesterday on some of those, but... Uh, Should be pretty interesting. I'm 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 not quite sure where I lean yet with uh, margin of victory for Kansas City. There I said it. And then I'm just hoping I don't see San Fran in the Super Bowl again. I just can't take it. As fun as their defense is, but uh, a lot of NFL. So a good sports weekend. We'll see if there's more misery or there's a bit of a breakthrough for Nebraska basketball tomorrow against Rutgers
1: yeah number one thing I know is uh, I set up the lighting perfectly in here I, I got the window just open just right that way and the <laughs> mustache if you're watching on the live stream just looks absolutely stunning today so wow. Uh, wow. I, I've got it rocking How long's nice that growth been happening uh let's see it was new year new mustache uh, whenever okay. new year came in so 28 so days or so
3: okay you're yeah you're about uh about 27 days in yeah not long Good enough word. to get to get it curling on the outside just yet don't but, do uh, the Raleigh <laughs> just just you can go with the uh, the pencil-thin mustache look, tribute to Jimmy Buffett, however you want to work it, but don't go Raleigh Fingers. Don't do the mustache wax thing. I, it's, kind go, of, it's a baseball look, though, and, and umpiring season starting up for me. Brother, just no, <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> Find a picture of Raleigh Fingers, put it up on the stream, and that will convince you. The 70s were wild. There was Studio 54. There were gallons of narcotics available and uh people cut lots of diseases fine (laughs) but they also went into the the uh the 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 handlebar mustache thing and that's just not not doable for 2022 and i just you're a good dude i just don't think you or many can pull it off Uh, i mean i don't think you know what what
1: i what i got rocking here until i actually get it going but uh, i'll I'll trust you for now (laughs)
3: Listen, I did a mustache as a tribute to my dad. See, <laughs> I mean, look at that. That's baller. That's, that screams 70s. And oh, my God, I just woke up and I'm hung over. That's Raleigh. See, you. that's Raleigh in the 70s. No one cared. People will. Listen, you got to earn respect as an ump anyway, right? Well, I, I three,
1: think I think they respect your the, they, they respect the the confidence it takes to be able to rock a mustache like this. Come twenty twenty two on a on a big like those kids, they can be ruthless out there. And I have the and confidence. with guess to rock The mustache they
3: they will be even more ruthless if you go with the Raleigh fingers tribute. Uh, it, it's been a bit ruthless for Nebraska basketball. They fall. They almost covered yesterday. The line was seven and a half. Uh, they lose seventy three sixty five. Down by as many as. 18 points and then uh, an 11-0 spurt for Nebraska, but a couple of tough shots or we'll just say non-makes and then a turnover. And as you heard, Chucky Hepburn, as the show entered uh, the dunk, I mean, Chucky kind of spurred on a 6-0 run to answer and put it away. Wisconsin didn't play good ball, man. I mean, they, they, I shouldn't say they didn't play good ball. They, they made winning plays. They made smart plays. They were good on the glass. They did a lot to win, but when it comes to just playing well, it wasn't vintage Wisconsin. They were still a bit sluggish, in my opinion, coming off that uh, home beating by Michigan State, and they didn't let it phase them. They didn't go let one game beat them twice. And uh, Nebraska started out well. They went into a lull, and then uh, after a, a dunk by Lat, about 10, 12 seconds into that second half uh, we started screaming danger zone you went uh you went top gun on us yesterday elijah and then you, you go about eight minutes without a bucket uh barring a couple of mcgowan free throws so much of the same but the, the knives are out uh for for coach hoiberg and, and two of the, the the best columnists in in nebraska did pieces today sip and dirk uh on nebraska basketball and and the, the misery that is we'll get into it a little bit with jacob padilla jacob's an incredible basketball writer with Hale varsity also uh thoughts on the the no to the high school stu- high school shot clock oh. uh that was shot down by classes B, uh, C and d uh, mike sauter with that story so uh, a lot of hoops this first hour in some nfl so uh here's what The reality is uh, you have a big-time losing streak to power five opponents. Uh, You give up nine threes to Wisconsin in the first half and nine offensive rebounds, despite your defense holding them to 34%. And then you have a a drought in the second half. And it's the same story for Nebraska basketball where – Bad shots on offense lead to the implosion where Nebraska can cut it down to seven and Kent uh, emails in off the top rope yes, Lowell and Nebraska basketball has been a sentence uttered for twenty years. You are right, Kent that it's it's just been it's been rough it's been brutal and I mean you have 16 straight losses to power five major programs. At one stretch, you have 16 possessions and 12 miscues, and it's too much one-on-one ball. It's an and-one video. And Nebraska fans are, are tired of it. You are showing that with, with your lack of attendance, and I know a 4 o'clock Thursday ball game late in the month isn't, isn't ideal for, for, for folks that work. But I'm not betting the crowd's much better tomorrow and you're going to have great weather. You're going to have mid-50s in Lincoln tomorrow. The weather's going to make it a no-brainer to want to go have a beer outside in the rail yard. And guess what? You may just stay and have a beer because you don't want to go watch that across the street. So it's it's a simple question here when it comes to chemistry, accountability, and leadership. And I think you have a couple of guys on this team that need to be separated from the rest of the group. When we talk about accountability and leadership and chemistry, their voices, if they return next year, need to be louder. Because I think a guy like Trey McGowans and, and, and Walker, I think both those guys play ball with amazing effort. I think both those guys play ball for the right reasons to win, not better their own individual brand or, or stock. And I think everyone else, everyone might be a strong word, but I think a lot of the rest of the guys on the team aren't there for the right reasons. And you hear it hinted about by some of the folks we have on. You know, what's the right reason? Why are you playing at Nebraska? Is is it a stepping stone? Is it a place you kind of have to go or you landed at before you're on to the next? And that's how Nebraska's playing basketball. I mean, they are tough to watch, tough to take. And at what point does the embarrassment outweigh the dollar amount that is out there with Fred Hoyberg's contract? 18.5 this year. All right, next year's 15. What's the difference between $3.5 million if it's not going to get fixed? Do you give Fred a fourth year if he cleans house with some of his assistants? And it's going to come down to a different blueprint. It's going to come down to uh better vetting you can go see kids that are athletic as all get out uber quick uh do well against the competition but are they coachable do they want to be coachable and you have to have a 180 from an accountability standpoint from the head man on down what are you bringing in who you bring in are you going to change that And the the take has been, let's just bring in insane talent because Banton's in the NBA. McGowan's will be in the NBA. Verge is going to play pro ball, right? You've got guys that can play pro basketball. Derek Walker will play pro basketball somewhere. Yeah, Derek Walker's going to go play somewhere, right? They just don't play together, and you've allowed that to happen, right? You can scream and, and, and give angry looks, and you can probably lose it in practice but the behavior's not changed and you tried benching guys 7 8 games into the season after a bad shot when push comes to shove you're going to have one of the following happen you're going to have a bad shot by webster you're going to have a bad shot by by bryce have a bad shot by verge or he'll dribble dribble into the redwoods and get swatted or and and and, and Kise's minutes are down to 9 he played 9 minutes yesterday but when he came in it was, I'm going to launch from three, and it, it was it was off. He, he's got to be as good as advertised, and he's not been. This isn't just get in line and knife him. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But of those four guys, you need three of them to be on every night on top of getting Walker to do his thing, on top of getting great hustle and desire and want to on the glass. And there's just no give a damn right now. Physically, you can get out muscled by Wisconsin down low. They get tip outs; they're good. You're going to get beat on the offensive glass or rebounding in general, just because you're not a huge team. But you don't have to to let it happen so easily, and that's the problem. That's the problem Nebraska fans have. If they're if if they're in the midst of a 16 game losing streak and they 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 were as competitive as they've been in a lot of these games, you can handle it. But you're seeing the same way to lose over and over again just like football that also compounds this <laughs> the way you lost in football now you shifted over to basketball and it's it's same thing different sport where you're you're not doing everything in your in your power to to be effective football tried they just made some mental mistakes it wasn't an effort thing I think when Nebraska gets beat and when they get blown out, a lot of it is an effort thing, and that's what Nebraska fans can't take. Let's hear from Fred real quick on what went wrong here. Cut two uh, with last night.
4: We got stagnant, and you know, it took a couple bad shots when they went on a run. And that's kind of the theme that we got to find a way to fight through is when teams go on runs, we're not going to go up and back and get it individually. You got to continue to do things that have made us successful, which we had a lot of success early in that game, and then that carried over into the second half. And those are the two stretches end of the first, beginning of the second. I think we were three for 24 in that stretch, three for 23 or 24 in that stretch. You're not going to win many games when you have, um, you know, those types of uh, lulls on on the offensive end. And then, um, you know, loved her resolve, loved her fight all the way to the finish. But, you know, dug herself too, too deep a hole and, you know, had good execution, got the ball where it needed to be, um, you know, in those last eight or ten minutes, I think to seven. Uh, got to nine, we had three straight stops when we got to nine. Missed a little bunny, uh, missed an open shot, and, and had a turnover. So, um, you know, kept fighting. There's some positives we can take into this game on Saturday. Got to get this one behind us quickly. And uh, one-day prep heading into a tough game on uh, on Saturday afternoon.
3: Fred Hoiberg on uh, what went sideways. And with Lat, he's 6'9". He's, he's one of your forwards. If you're not hitting on offense, and I know he scored 11 yesterday, his season high but he's got to want to bang down low. He's got to want to be better at rebounding just in one instance. And, you know, it's, it's two, two roads here and you're at the fork. It's either development and coaching. I don't have any doubt that there's development and the right expertise from a Fred Hoiberg on how to be a good basketball player. Right. I think he's, he can teach that now, Can you coach that into guys and can they accept it or is it doesn't matter it it falls on deaf ears because you're just bringing in the wrong guys. And what if I'm going to lean on the scale here, the last three years you've brought in the wrong guys, you brought in too many of the wrong guys because they're not listening to you and, and they're not they're not taking to your coaching.
1: And I'll say the problem looks systemic after three years. Whenever you have fielded I mean, I don't think Coach Hoiberg and his staff. I think Doc Sadler is a good coach. I think Fred Hoiberg has shown through his experience he's a good coach. But through three years, it appears that Fred Hoiberg has fielded three poorly coached basketball teams. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but his teams appear to be poorly coached, which means either, as you said, you're bringing in the wrong guys, your coaching style isn't conducive to the guys you're bringing in. Whatever the problem is, it's a s- systemic issue where if you have brought in different talent and different guys, and after three years, all three teams appear that they're badly coached, there's a major problem within that program.
3: Well, and, and your your right-hand guys, you're the guy you're listening to on talent evaluation and vetting, and all right, can this guy get to the NBA? Probably. Is he going to help the team win, or is it another seven-win season for, uh, for Nebraska? Uh, we'll spend more time on the Big Red. Uh, we'll talk with Jacob Padilla. The topic of shot clocks as well in high school basketball. Hale Varsity on a Friday, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show of hail varsity that's hail backslash subscribe promo code gbr
2: and now and now back to hail varsity radio
3: Back to you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Jay Moore. Going to break down some NFC, AFC championship games for us in Hour 2. The Pride of Fairbury. Bill Dolman with us at 5 o'clock. We say hi to Jacob Padilla from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Jacob, how's your Friday, man? Thanks for the time.
0: That's good. It's going pretty well. Um, I mean, I'm going to go check out some high school games. Hopefully, try to hit up two of them tonight, but... uh, um, fortunately, uh, I guess got the day off from watching Nebraska basketball today because they <laughs> did not uh, they, they did not post the the, the replay on uh, on the Big Ten Plus, so did not have to suge- subject myself to going back and watching how uh, exactly things broke down. But I do have the numbers if you're interested.
3: <laughs> well, we we just started off with with just what's been going on, and you know you're on a 16 game skid against Power Five. But it's it's really just how Nebraska continues to do what they do. And that's start well, hit a lull, not do the little things like you've written about, and then maybe more times than not try and close and fight and, and make it competitive towards the end. Uh, uh, an impressive homecoming with lots of emotion for, for Chucky Hepburn. He's he's a stud. He's awesome. It's been well-documented this week with the in-state talent that's going elsewhere for 2022 and some of the past misses. I think Nebraska would love to have Nebraska kids here. The program's not been where it is even a, a fair fight to pitch Nebraska versus a Virginia or a, a Gonzaga, so kids are going to go play and get better uh, in spots they can go to the NCAA tournament. But when you look at this team, Jacob, I want—I want a thought, bud. Is it—is it the coaching, or is it guys being coachable? If you had to put your finger on either of those choices when it comes to Nebraska basketball struggles here, what, where would you kind of point towards? Uh,
0: I, I think it's all of it. I mean, it, I, at this Gombo? point, they did not—they uh, did not—they they built a flawed roster, and. Uh, when you take into account strengths and weaknesses and apparently personalities and, and intangible stuff as well that points to their coachability and all, all that stuff you mentioned and then for whatever reason Hoiberg just hasn't hasn't been able to kind of coach the team up beyond its weaknesses it hasn't like we, you look around the conference and there are bad teams knocking off good teams all the time like it happens like uh, Northwestern just beat Michigan state and they gave them trouble the first time they played them too. Like that ha- is happening throughout the conference. Um, so as, as good as the conference is, there are days where the, the better teams just aren't feeling it and other teams rise up and play, play really well and are able to get those wins. That just hasn't happened at, at Nebraska. Um, basically every single game, whether they play well or not, there's going to be a stretch where things break down and they just can't find a way to get themselves out of it. Or they're going to have a chance to make a game winning play and every single time that's come up this season, they haven't been able to do it. Um, so, I mean, you, you definitely, like, the coaching is part of it. Like, you can't keep falling into the same issues um, and have those issues kind of sustain throughout long stretches where um, there is no – you can't call timeout and change some things and try to help uh, get them or pull them out of whatever spiral they're into. It just kind of continues no matter what what Hoiberg tries to do at this point. So, um, I, I, obviously, with the record is what it is. You can't say Hoiberg's done a good job with the talent, but it starts with kind of the the, the roster they assembled and the weaknesses
2: yeah,
1: Jacob, that that kind of hits on what I was getting into in the in the first segment. That's uh, I'm not calling Fred Hoiberg a bad coach. I think he's had a lot of success, and I think his staff has good coaches too. Doc Sellers had a lot of success in places he's gone. Yet it feels like this is the third straight year where we've had what appears to be a poorly coached basketball team. When you look at uh, effort on the defensive end, when you look at turnovers offensively, bad shot selection offensively. So so you're saying that you think that comes down to the the the, the roster construction and how it was put together rather than. Uh, any other factors there? I mean, just as I said, it feels like it's another year where this team just does not appear that they have had good coaching.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think it does go back to – obviously we, we hear the the Kobe Webster comments and um, kind of point towards just Hoiberg's approach and kind of the way he handles practices and uh, stuff away from the games and all that. And uh, it, it just seems like – obviously we know Hoiberg can coach he, 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 he could, he's had success at a high level previously uh we know he, he's a very smart basketball mind with some of the stuff that he wants to do and has done throughout his career but uh it just seems like the three years now where the the players they've gone out and landed haven't fit with the way that hoiberg wants to play and he hasn't been able to kind of overcome that he hasn't been able to coach those guys up to fit what he wants to do um, so there, there's a disconnect there at this point uh, between uh, whether it's evaluation, whether it's just we're just going to go get the, the best guys we can regardless of fit and, and then hope that Fred can kind of throw it together and, and turn it into a winning team. And um, I, I don't know exactly what the game plan is, but it's um, that's kind of how it's looked. And at this point, he hasn't been able to do that. Um, so I, I, I don't know. We'll see here. They obviously they've got about – we near after Saturday. We'll be halfway through the, the Big Ten uh, season, and Nebraska is sitting still with zero wins here. So they got um, 11 games left in the regular season plus a Big Ten tournament game. Um, that's that's not not a lot of time at this point. You probably are what you are, but the return of Trey McGowan, I think that has helped and uh, will continue to help in certain areas, but. Um, as we've seen, his turn isn't the only problem. There's so many other issues that his absence just kind of exacerbated. Um, it, they're still there, and they're still going to be there throughout the season. So they're going to have to find some way to get some momentum, change a few things here or there, get some things to click, um, or this is going to get rough.
1: Chatting with Jacob Badilla here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Jacob, I asked Andy Markowski on Wednesday whether he was worried that this team was going to give up on the season. And I want to flip the question to you. Do you worry that Fred Hoiberg is going to give up on this team whenever – I mean, you know he's been harping on shot selection and effort defensively in practice, yet it doesn't seem like the team is, is taking to his coaching, and I guess I'm not there in practice. But do you worry about him giving up on this year's team?
0: I, I don't think so. Like, I, I would say people I, – I think people have – uh, like uh, express frustration with kind of Hoiberg and his lack of emotion on the sideline and all that type of stuff. But um, I, I think he he's very stoic. But there, there's no doubt that this is really getting to him and it's frustrating. Um, and I, I just uh, with what he's talked about coming back here, like I, I think he's going to keep coaching. The, the only way that he knows how to is going to keep trying to, to make it work. I don't see him quitting on a team. I mean, heck. His son's on the team, so um, it's not like Sam's playing right now, but uh, like he wants to, if nothing else, he wants his son to have as good of a college uh, experience as possible. Like, um, And obviously, I mean, nobody takes a job not caring whether they succeed or not, I don't think. like he's He still wants to make this thing work. Um, I think he's going to keep working hard. It's just at this point, um, I don't know how much change you can make in, in the West – Ten games of a season, um, but I, I don't, I, I don't see him just like mailing it in at all. He's going to keep trying to do whatever he can to, to find whatever works.
3: Jacob Adilla's is with us. at dot com and magazine at Jacob Adidas underscore, hitting on some Husker basketball. Jacob, going to switch gears to high school basketball. Some of the games you're you're looking at tonight and into the weekend. What got your uh, your interest peaked?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to. Uh, I'm going to go to the, try to make it to both uh, the Eastern Midlands Conference uh, Championships. Um, so that's the the boys is Waverly at Bennington at 5:30, and then the girls are North at Elkhorn North at 7:15. And both those teams have one loss to this point. Two of the top three teams in Class B, is based on record, with uh, Scott obviously standing atop there with uh, with zero losses. Um, so going to be a kind of a class B heavy day today. Um, Obviously there were some some big games earlier in the week. Uh, We saw what happened with uh, Bellevue West kind of pulling away from, from Millard North uh, over there in Bellevue. Scott took care of business against Lincoln Pius the 10th um, to remain undefeated on Tuesday. So um, there's a, I mean, Saturday, I think uh, the um, trailblazer conference, I think it's Wahoo and Platteview, I believe on the boys' side is, uh, championship there. So this is just kind of um, it's a it's a big conference tournament week uh this week and I'm gonna hopefully be able to check out at least uh one of them on both the boys and girls side today.
3: We'll have the uh Central Southwest girls boys doubleheader tomorrow over on KFOR. I can't wait to see see either uh b- both of those games and uh tremendous uh players and, and coaching staffs on on all squads that'll that'll be something I'm, I'm checking out Jacob the the topic of shot clock is up and uh, a thought here you get a, a vote uh, 28 out of 31 class a teams are like let's do the shot clock uh, and then procedurally and in, in Mike Sauter's story touches on this going to give him credit for it and I know you've covered uh, a lot of high school and and are, are plugged in as well classes b c and d were, were not in favor of the shot clock and Man, uh, do you think it's it's more financial or more style of play oriented here with with how that vote went down seven to two against?
0: Well, I, I think it uh, probably a lot of it just comes down to like for the lower classes that voted against it, um, they just I don't know if they're worried about a trickle down effect. Whereas if they give it to A, then eventually will they be pressured into doing it and they have no interest in that? Um, I, I think that could probably. Um, be part of it, uh, and probably is a, lot, uh, a big part of it. Like if if these teams are or these schools represent, they're voting for uh, something that doesn't affect them now. I'm assuming they're voting because they think it'll affect them eventually. So, I mean, that's I think that's a poor reason to vote on uh, against this proposal that uh, the the people that it impacts are overwhelmingly in support of. Um, And I think it's just good for good for the kids. Uh, And obviously there's some things that you'd have to figure out from a financial and manpower standpoint. Um, But I mean, ultimately, I think it's worth it. Uh, I'm trying to figure it out. And it is disappointing to see kind of the vote go that way. Um, Hopefully, eventually um, we'll be able to break through and, and get that get that brought here.
3: It needs to happen because it's it's just going to be good for the for the kids. You can still run an offense. You can still have your style, uh, but uh, that that transition it would just it would just help help the kids and help the game specifically uh, that next level. Jacob.
0: Yeah, for sure. It definitely helps get you ready for the college level, and obviously that's um, that's not there are so many more high school uh, athletes that won't be playing in college, mm-hmm. uh, but. I mean, it's still something worth considering. Um, and ultimately, I, I don't think that anybody's really hurt by this. Coaches will have to adjust, and there are some situations where maybe play, teams don't have enough talent. But uh, I, I don't think um, that that's an, like that we can vote based on that. Like those teams are going to struggle to win anyway. And I'd rather like them try to play and, and learn that way as opposed to just coaches really controlling the uh, and cutting down on the dis- or the, the time and possessions and all that like I, I think ultimately that's a good way to get better um is by even if you you are kind of at a, a disadvantage um I, I don't think holding for 45 seconds you're going to get magically a, a a better shot than um, than what you could have got at, at 27 or, or whatever. So um, ultimately I, I don't really see strong arguments against it, at least from my perspective, just as an observer of a game, as uh, someone who is four kids and uh, four you know, players trying to get the most out of their experience and help prepare themselves for the next level. Because it, it does, it is frustrating when you see coaches call out to hold for one shot with like 55 seconds left a lot of game time that uh, you're, you're kind of chewing up and controlling it where it really doesn't need to be. Just kind of let, let the kids play, let the game play out, um, and hopefully you can win by playing that way as opposed to uh, cutting down on the actual amount of time the kids get
3: to play. Jacob, thanks for the time, brother. Have a good weekend. Yeah, same to you guys.
5: Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to slash subscribe. And enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR.
2: Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show. Chris at Hailvarsity.com.
3: Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Jacob Padilla for joining us. Uh, we got into the topic of shot clock in high school and you had a district vote two weeks ago by uh, class a members in Nebraska with the NSAA 2831 say, yep, here's what we want to do with the shot clock proposal. The measure didn't pass. And a uh, good story by Mike Sauter uh, on this topic. And you have, the setup here to kind of piggyback off of some of Jacob's thoughts where the idea here is to, to adopt a 35 second shot clock beginning in 2022, 2023. And uh, when it comes to class A schools, you had a 23 to two vote, but uh, you had members of this classification rules committee that are comprised of all four classifications, that's Class A, Class B, Class C, Class D. So the review committee met in October, and uh, there was not the required two-thirds affirmative vote. The vote was two to seven. You had uh, Class A's reps from West Side and Lincoln High vote in favor of moving forward with the shot clock. The seven Class A, uh, the seven non-Class A members voted against moving forward so it comes down to this for me with with not having a shot clock and listen uh we've done enough basketball games over the years that i'm I'm used to the eight minute clock and not having a shot clock but push come to shove i i think this is either financially based oh god it's going to cost us money and I get it, man. It's not my checkbook um but what what's the what's the estimate is it is it gonna be two grand four grand? what's it gonna cost every high school around the state to install a shot clock? Don't know i let's just say it's fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars let's let's just say that. Let's just say it's two grand per clock another twelve bucks an hour per game per. Freshman through through varsity, right? Freshman, so, you know, freshman, sophomore, JV, and then varsity. So you are going to have to to pay someone to man the shot clock. That's extra expense over the the life of a, a season uh, in in four different levels. So it's not a cheap endeavor. But I think this is more about respectfully speaking, B, C, and D, and their voice being louder over Class A directing a sport. I, I think it's it's about power. It's about control. And I think it's also about some of the smaller schools and their style of play where maybe they execute flawlessly playing four corners. And that's how they're going to go about doing their business. It's awful to play against. It's awful to watch, humbly speaking. But guess what? You're getting to the state tournament every year doing what works for you? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the other side of things. So th- this is tough because this would this would allow kids to really work on their game, man. And and I know we we've spent the last thirty minutes bitching and moaning about shot selection for Nebraska basketball, right? So uh, coaches that that don't want a shot clock are going to be telling their offense to make the other guys or gals play defense for an entire possession, and guess what? Pull it back out, let's reset, and get a better shot. Totally get it. But in all honesty, um, players will work on their skills even more with a shot clock. Uh, That is motivation for kids. It helps incentivize and enhance their skill. You got to move forward and get a shot clock, period. End of discussion and the fact they got shot down by B, C, and D. And listen, there's some crossover. You're going to have North Platte, for example, great school set up, wonderful folks out there. They play a lot of Class B because of their vicinity. So if it's just Class A that has it and Class B uh, is on your schedule for a weekend showdown, maybe you don't use the shot clock. Maybe you let B give, give the Class B opponent the choice. But you just need to move forward with this, Elijah, and I think it's short-sighted. And if it's in the name of money, let's pass the hat. If it's about being able to to hold the ball for three and a half minutes and actually not turn it over. How many times in a game do you see a team try and hold for one shot and it, the, the defensive pressure and intensity is so great that they force a turnover? A, an offensive team can't handle – taking care of the ball for for 90 seconds to to two minutes at the end of a ball game doesn't happen doesn't happen you don't have the execution you'd like on offense well, my main argument
1: for a for a shot clock is I can't count how many times I've gone and found my bookie before the game, bet the over, and I get screwed because there's two shots in the last four minutes. You're betting high school (laughs) sports.
3: Wow. And he is joking, folks. I kid.
1: I I pray. I I kid, but I actually look at this and I go, at this point in time, a shot clock is to basketball is like a play clock is to football. It's just what the game is. You if have you look it. At, at professional in college, it's what the game is. And okay, like, if you don't want to have it in your lower levels because there's less talent down there, you have less kids in the school, I, I get it. But you have to have a all these classes vote on whether Class A gets it, which means you should also have it for when Class C would get it and Class D would get it, right? And you can go shoot it down then. I'm, I'm confused why they care so much about Class A whenever. The, the trickle down effect seems to be something. Well, they're still going to vote on it later. It's not like the
3: NSA yeah, is going to go here's the, oh, here's the heavy worry. hand. This like here's here's the worry. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to leave my class B school and go to a class A where there's a shot clock because my skills will be developed. I'll be able to showcase myself. I mean, that that's probably happening anyway, in some instances. But if you have a shot clock, you lose complete control and power as the coach or your system and that's that's part of the reasoning here don't kid yourself some schools are not flush with cash i get that but you can you can figure out a way to to get it paid for or do the old fundraiser booster setup you know make some make some money that way easier said than done in some areas versus others We'll wind down hour one. Bill Dolman on the way. Jay Moore to talk some NFL at his Cincinnati Bengals. Hour two coming up. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Can watch us, if you can stomach that. We are streaming on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook. Also on Twitter. At ESPN, Lincoln, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Reminder to buckle up. Coaches make substitutions during the game to get the best player on the field or court. Getting behind the wheel after drinking also demands a substitution. Sober drivers are the only choice. A DUI costs more than you think. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. A lot of thoughts on Nebraska basketball. We'll check in with Bill Dolman. More on Big Red football as junior days here. Nebraska trying to to nail down uh, one more high school commit. That's A.J. Allen uh, as signing day looms. We'll have full coverage uh, of Wednesday's Nebraska football press conference coming up uh, on February 2nd. On Wednesday, so uh, that is something to look forward to numbers to get in at four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five yeah, the wife just got out of the shower she's clothed, but she's wearing a giant towel on her head. She went straight for the vodka a little bit of ice and it's one of those big gulps, so she's getting ready for. Uh, no doubt, high school basketball tonight. She wouldn't so need it if there's a shot clock. <laughs> I know she wouldn't need it if, if there's a shot clock. Uh, Elijah, uh, your friend Dan tweeted in. Based on your mustache, he has no doubt that you're the type of guy that would drop coin on high school athletics. You would
1: be betting. Well, yeah, I, I, and I responded to him. I said, I, I think it'd be more stupid of me if I if I didn't put a thousand dollars on Howell's Dodge. They're fourteen and three against the spread this year. Like that's just that's easy money.
3: <laughs> on Howells dodge there that's, that's we go. a lot pretty good uh baseball on our mind nebraska and uh the the big red and coach bolt first practice is they got after it today and you have preseason expectations some preseason love nebraska ranked in two of the four polls you've got a couple more polls that'll come out and uh will bolt in true will bolt fashion It's a day-by-day approach, not big picture, put your feet up. I mean, you want the definition of a grinder, it's Will Bolt. And uh, what you do every day in practice will get you to those long-term goals. You've got some nice talent coming back. You've got a ton to replace uh, with Nebraska, specifically the outfield and on the hill, Shea Shanneman is wanting to carry that momentum forward from a great showing uh, against Arkansas. Max Anderson's incredible, Bryce Matthews, super talented. Of course, uh, you have uh, Emmett Olsen, Drew Christo. Can't wait to watch him ball this spring. So we'll spend some time next hour on Nebraska football. And what a weekend of NFL. You have Cincinnati in Kansas City. Also going to have San Francisco and the Rams for the third time being the charm potentially for the Rams as they are Super Bowl and bust. Nephew Davis, I'm sure, is already rocking his OBJ jersey. Maybe he has a, a Stafford jersey, or it's probably just the Aaron Donald Aaron Donald look today. Uh, we have time to give away some some tickets here to Ghost and Volbeat. Are we doing that next hour? Oh, uh, it's up to you. We can do it now. Let's do that now. Okay, a pair of seats to go see Ghost and Volbeat. So call her five. Five it is, Cinco, Caller 5. Want to go see Ghost and Volbeat, incredible metal at PBA here in February. Caller 5 makes it happen now. Uh, 466-3776, 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. Caller 5 now. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Welcome to it at Tower 2 at Hale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal It's that time again the pride of Fairbury NBC Sports Bill Dolman with us Bill not if you can hear us man how are you You broke it All right let's let's get him on the line Elijah How's oh. that sound we could, we could, uh, Can he hear us?
1: He might I, well, Let's hear not us. do
3: this. Let's not do this now on the air. Let's let's get him on the phone. And, no, I can't hear you. You can keep mouthing. Uh, do, you know, do you know sign language, Bill? No, I, I don't. Well, he <laughs> can give us two. <laughs> <laughs> Eric uh, reporting that Nebraska losing another uh, defensive interior lineman, Jordan Riley. Uh, is gone. The six-year defensive lineman entering in the transfer portal. Uh, He had a six-year of eligibility due to that COVID year in 2020 and uh, two years with Nebraska. And and Riley's just giant. I mean, enormous, enormous, enormous guy. Uh, Eight tackles, one TFL through 16 games. And and you're not going to rack up a lot of tackles unless you're Jason Peter or or Indama Kinsu on the interior, Right. So this is tough. Uh, he's a Garden City Juco kid. And uh, Nebraska fought to get him into to Lincoln. They they did do that, which is nice. You lose Ben Stilley, DeAndre Thomas, of course. And D. Boogie is also off to the NFL. So work is cut out for uh, Coach Dawson. And we'll see if Nebraska ends up going to the portal to get some defensive line help because you've got Rodgers, Polar Bear, and of course Robinson that are your mainstays. But in the Big Ten, you need a you need a hockey line man of of defensive rotations. Let's try and reconnect with Bill Dolman. Bill, do you have us, bud? I think so. Yes, we have you. Well done. We put uh, a quarter I... in the machine. So there's the news there for Nebraska football. The big weekend. For the big red, uh, when it comes to Junior Day, as they look at some in-state and, and prospects, Bill, going to go here first before we dive into to some Husker basketball, uh, Olympics, and uh, of course Nebraska baseball. But uh, let's let's spend a, a minute here on on Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush, and I know we we bring them up quite a bit, but I think there's been some some reassignment with uh, with regions, and Mickey's focused in on the state of Nebraska and uh, that's great. Mickey's also trying to, to kind of recreate some some contacts contacts in, in St. Louis because that's such a, a fertile ground of recruiting. Notre Dame's crushed it in, in St. Louis. Zeke, obviously for Ohio State, a St. Louis product, and uh, I think Ron Brown was, was in it uh, to get uh, Ezekiel Elliott to Lincoln, but Urban Meyer ended up winning that battle, so Nebraska is no stranger to uh, to trying to try get to St. Louis. Meanwhile, Bill Bush is focusing in on on Kansas because there's a pretty good crop of, of future kids in Kansas, either on the offensive line or some skill spots. But uh, you got to protect uh, that 500-mile radius, not just in state but around your state. And uh, I think Bill Bush can be can be huge for Nebraska. In that region, I mean, there's been kids, Bill, that have been plucked out of out of Kansas or Kansas City, uh, just by Clemson, right? Just because of Venables' connection with uh, the Kansas region where he grew up. But uh, Nebraska focusing their efforts. You believe that Nebraska has not had a kid out of Missouri for I think two years, two to three years. They've not kid gotten any kid out of Missouri, and you can rattle off all the Missouri kids. That Nebraska used to go pick all the Iowa kids in Nebraska used to go pick all the kids out of Wichita that Nebraska used to go get. Uh, that that border state region's been very good for a lot of years to Nebraska.
6: Well, it's a close proximity to Fairbury, uh, so that makes <laughs> sense. You know, K- Kansas is a suburb of Fairbury, so you want to you know get people who are close to that area. Uh, I think it's important that not only do they I hear what you're saying in reassigning. I think they're just adding emphasis in certain areas with people who, you know, are pretty savvy at the recruiting game. Uh, I'm I'm guessing that Scott didn't say, hey, Mickey, thanks for all that you did for LSU down south, but we're going to keep you primarily near Shickley. Right, you're not going to do that. Right, yeah, so I think it is, because, because as I've said, since Mickey got hired, his connections down there in Louisiana, in Texas, and throughout the southeast are probably such that Mickey can pick up the phone and do a lot of recruiting with coaches via phone, via Zoom, via, uh, you know, homing pigeon, that he probably has those kinds of relationships and guys are going to take his call or his Zoom. Um, but if you say, okay, look, we really need to blanket this 500-mile radius, which I think that, that was Mike Riley's uh, deal, wasn't it? Maybe the best, you know, <laughs> best legacy that he's left is to make sure that you know, we not just blanket the state of Nebraska, but, you know, get those, you know, the, the great kid that may come out of South Dakota uh, every now and then. Uh, the, the good kids that are in Iowa that, you know, may not be as entrenched to Iowa City or to Ames, uh, but have some ties to Nebraska that you can get them to come to, to Lincoln, as well as Kansas, uh, you know, Mike Stiggy. We got to get a punter. Let's go get Mike Stiggy. The next Mike I was Stiggy. I'm
3: thinking more D'Angelo Evans. Pre, uh, pre-departure, DeAngelo,
6: yeah. but yeah. Yeah, well, D'Angelo De- De- was a good player, but I wouldn't exactly say that, you know, the, the next Barry Sanders was what we got out of, you know, D'Angelo. But nevertheless, uh, Nebraska has done really well with, you know, with Colorado for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. for a long, long time. You go back to Tahan Lewis and Brian Borboom and, you know, McCaffrey didn't last, but they're still ties to Colorado. So Nebraska, I think, has done a decent job of at least maintaining ties and identifying that talent that, you know, is worth recruiting. Now, if you can go get him, great, if you can go get a grant Westrom out of uh, Springfield, go for it. If you go for a uh, Zeke Elliott and he doesn't come, you know, you, you took a swing. So I don't think Nebraska should be afraid to go out of anybody that they identify in that 500 mile radius. I mean, it helps it's, it's travelable for families and friends and all of that. So, you know, good on them, but I don't think that, you know, that they have reassigned. I think they have just said, let's reemphasize our area. Let's probably re-establish added our too. Omaha, yeah. you know, and, and I, like I said last week, you, you have to go knock on the doors in Lincoln and Omaha. There's a lot of great talent that's been coming up out of uh, Lincoln and Omaha in recent years. And unfortunately, other places have come to poach it. You got to stop that. You're, you're not going to get everybody but you got to make the effort and you've got to establish those relationships and not have those comments where a coach says three years into a college coach's tenure. Well, it's great when they come by and introduce themselves that should have been on day three, not year three.
3: Bill Dolman's with us Pride of Fairbury NBC sports bill going to be on the Olympics coverage uh, here in the, the very short term for winter games in Beijing. Bill, we've been talking a lot about Nebraska basketball, uh, Speaking of in-state, Chucky Hepburn, great ball game under very um, sad circumstances with uh, one of his dear friends uh, passing away from Omaha. Chucky came in here five and nine assists, rebounds, thirteen points, and an in-state kid helped uh, lead the way uh, yesterday in the four o'clock tip. And it's more of the same with Hoiberg. And when you look at the issue with Nebraska basketball, do you do you? both is the answer but do you side more towards development and coaching being the problem or is it about talent assessment i.e. you're bringing in the wrong kids i think i think fred can coach i think fred knows basketball i think his right hand assistant has been way off with his evaluation as far as all right is this kid coachable and is the chemistry going to work together um at least here, they weren't at Iowa State. They were great together at Iowa State. So you've got you to reassess and figure out a new blueprint because the materials you're using, and you gotta, this building's not standing. So where would you side? Is it, is it, is it the wrong guys, bad vetting, just get, kids aren't coachable, or do you look at it as more of the coach allowing the behaviors to happen?
6: Uh, I said this a while back. Uh, I think the games are too long. I think they need to shorten Nebraska basketball games to 30 minutes only. Cut out those 10 minutes of uh, awful shots. Uh, the just runovers. 10. Um, we, I think Nebraska is a really good 30-minute team. <laughs> it's amazing to me that, like every game that I watch, and uh, for the I still have the Big Ten network out here in Colorado for the time being. They just put the ACC network in here. I probably more people watch that than they do the Pac-12 network but I get to see the games from time to time. And it's like every Nebraska game is uh, 29 to 25 in the, in the late in the first half or early the second half, something like that. And then you hear Chris Vossers or Brandon Godden say, well, that's a 14 to five run for Purdue, for Wisconsin, for Iowa, for Michigan. It's, it's all of a sudden there's this just 10 minute vacuum where another team goes on a scoring run. So I just think that Nebraska needs to petition Thirty-minute games only, or maybe only thirty-minute games in Lincoln. Okay, whatever you want to play on the road, that's fine. But we're only going to play thirty-minute games in Lincoln. I I said this at you know the preseason. I think this is the most talented Nebraska basketball team, talent-wise. You know, since then maybe the Danny Knee era, when they Mm -hmm. had great athletes and and rugged players, and just had a great basketball savvy and athleticism, and played a, a great style of basketball that I think you know. Fred probably would like to coach, but it, I don't say discipline in terms of that. Th- these are bad guys. I just think there's a there's a discipline in terms of the way they approach the game. That just they they lose ten minutes where they just kind of do stuff that doesn't really look like an offense, um, or they don't get rebounds. The offensive rebounds that they give up are just uh, you know it's really discouraging. But they force a lot of turnovers. But they go cold, and and so the discipline is just staying within whatever system Fred's trying to coach and coach into them. And I quite frankly cannot, you know, I can't recognize it. And maybe that's you know the NBA and Fred that he's allowing that, you know, for a college basketball team that can't quite handle it. You know, they shouldn't have a, a Porsche or a Ferrari. They should be driving a, a you know a nice Dodge Charger that's got some speed muscle to it. Um, this is a very athletic basketball team and McGowan's is every bit as advertised in terms of just his ability to play and be a five-star guy. He he will be. And I think uh whoever did the game yesterday said he'll be, you know, playing in the league and I I agree with that. Mm-hmm. He's got NBA skills. He needs to add weight. Um he needs to get a little bit bigger, but that kid's <laughs> he's he's the next not the, not the next, there's probably been a few of them. He's very much like George Gervin of the San Antonio Spurs back in the day, but I don't know. It's just, there, there's a discipline that's not there. And that's, it's frustrating to watch for those 10 minutes of nothingness
1: bill i'll add to what you said uh, earlier about shortening the game we were talking so much about the shot clock earlier i also say shorten that shot clock down 10 15 seconds and force the other team to take as many bad <laughs> shots as nebraska does every single game uh, but i, I just want to ask there's been a lot of talk about fred hoiberg being on the hot seat and the the, the prevailing sentiment is with an 18 million dollar buyout a lot of people don't think that this husker 18. basketball is sorry Uh, But there's a lot of people out there who don't think this Husker basketball team is worth an 18.5 million dollar. It's not even an investment. It's just a payment you have to make to be able to make a new investment. So I want to get your take on that. Do you think this Husker basketball team now playing in the Big Ten, never having won an NCAA tournament game is worth an 18.5 million dollar buyout to get a new coach in here?
6: No. And it's, it's the same thing with Scott. When they hired Fred, everybody wanted Fred and Nebraska got Fred. It hasn't worked out to this point. Um, basketball should be a much quicker turnaround. You know, I get that you've got to turn things around. You got to get your players in. You got to, you know, get your culture and all that. But basketball can be a much quicker turnaround with the right couple of players than what Scott had to do in turning around, you know, a, a massive uh, tanker ship. You know, if you get Alonzo Verge and you get a Bryce McGowans and you get, um, you know, Walker and a couple of other guys. Uh, that should be a speedboat U-turn. And for whatever reason, it just has not happened. Bas- college basketball is is so transitory. You know, it's 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 kinda like it's becoming the NBA and it's not near as much fun to watch as it was way back when when you had guys playing for four years and you know, the Duke North Carolina rivalries and you could name everybody on those rosters and Syracuse and Georgetown and all that. It's there's just guys that are going here and there and they're transferring and you know, Hasn't McGowan Trey McGowan's played at like three schools already? Just um, two, Pitt and Nebraska. To, uh, no, I there was another one in there. But it, it, it's it's really frustrating to try and keep tabs on what rosters are anymore, um, and that's that's but that's symptomatic of all of the college basketball. And, every, and you know any coach has has to deal with it. And culture is a big thing. And look what happened to Chris Mack. I thought everybody thought that was a great hire at Louisville. Gone, mm-hmm. you know, and because you you got to get the right guy at the right time and catch lightning and and maybe you can make it work. And he couldn't do it there. Hope Fred does it at Nebraska. But he's got the players. He's got talent. That's a very talented team.
3: Bill, about a minute before we say goodbye. Uh, Olympics for you. Beijing again. You've done the Olympics the last, what, five Olympics. Uh, Give folks kind of a a heads up with what's going to be on their screen with you.
6: Now that uh, a week from today, I'll be going to bed right about now because I've got an 1130 uh, crew call for the the first day of biathlon, which begins next Saturday. There'll be a lot of biathlon on uh, on NBC, which is great. And also, I believe, on USA Network. It's a great, great, great sport. And it is so much fun to watch. And, and, you know, you can have somebody in a 40 second lead in one stage of shooting. And they're next thing you know, they're a minute 40 back because they missed a couple of shots. So I'm really looking forward to it. I love the sport. Uh, I know there's a lot of politics and COVID concerns surrounding the, the Olympics. You know, I'm in this business because I love sports. I love the drama. I love, you know, interesting things and great athletes. And, you know, these winter athletes are great. And I enjoy watching and trying to keep all that other stuff to let other people talk about. So I hope people will catch the biathlon uh, beginning next weekend.
3: Bill, appreciate you much. We'll, we'll talk soon and have a good weekend, bud.
6: All right, boys, go big red.
3: Pardon the interruption,
5: but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. And enter the promo code GBR for ten dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com/slash/subscribe. Promo code GBR.
2: And now
3: back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back in as we gear up for the AFC title game, we welcome in Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. And the the guy that Zach Taylor got to be roommates with all through college as uh, one of them terrorized West O. Jay Moore. Jay Burt, how are you?
7: I am well, sweetie. How are you?
3: Good. I mean, what's the over-under on phone calls and text messages from 402 to Zach Taylor this week?
7: Oh, man. Thousands. Oh. Yeah, I mean... Bro, can I, mean, I I, 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 can I get a seat?
3: Can I get a sideline pass? Can you hook me up?
7: <laughs> I, I know I've uh, I've held off on you know sending me messages. I have I have spoken with his wife just uh, <laughs> because I, I, know, I just don't want to bug him. I know this is important. This is a this is not in, not no once in a lifetime. I think uh, with the quarterback they have and in the offensive weapons, you know, in, after the season, you know they go they you go, know, you know, just draft every offensive lineman possible, uh, I think the Chiefs will be, you know, will, will be pretty familiar with, you know, AFC Divisional uh, titles and hopefully more AFC, uh, AFC Conference titles and, and Super Bowl appearances. So, uh, yeah, I, I've done my best to not to uh, harass them. i uh, down to Kansas City this weekend. Hope, I'm hoping, I might be able to say hi there for a quick second on, on Saturday when they get in the kind of I'm not I'm not holding my uh, not holding my breath on that one. But uh, we'll be down there. I don't know if we're gonna be doing yet, but you know, I figured, you know, this is the closest that they they will get to playing, you know, to to to, to myself and, and the rest of you know, the people that remember him from Nebraska. So uh let's go down and, and support him and I'll be rocking my Bengals here in the Chief's territory. So um, I'm sure I'll I'll get some some dirty lips. and if someone wants to pour a beer on me or do something crazy, hey, we might to get rowdy.
3: You'll say, "Don't pour it on me, just buy me one." I mean, and, right? And it's...
7: It's...
3: <laughs> Jay Moore's <laughs> with us. Jay, that was a good time, man. Caught up with you and and Junior and and your folks to watch uh, some football last Saturday, and that was tense. And that's that's two close games since he's been. Able to navigate both on the road. I mean, the first one was at home. The, that second one on the road against the top seed. Ice in the veins of the kicker. Zach, I mean, to his credit, has a wonderful quarterback. But his special teams, man, his special teams, his defense, all other phases are playing at extremely high levels other than the obvious. And that's that's getting great quarterback play. But he has got this team ready. They are so confident.
7: Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Right? When you get, I think you you said it in this, you know, post game, you know, in the locker room. You know, once you get into January, you need to play football, just finding a way to win. You know, they all got sacked nine times against the Titans, and they still won that football game. But I think they were minus, or excuse me, they were plus two or plus three in the turnover, you know, margin. I mean, and you have to first play of the game against the Titans. I mean, they kick it off. You know, and uh, so it, it's just they're it, gritty, man. They're tough. Like I said, don't really hit on. You know, they need they need some offensive line help, and yeah, and they'll get it. They'll get it in the draft and in a free agency. You know, but you know, just finding finding a way to win, and that's just what teams do. You know, when you play. When you get to this time, you know, everyone everyone's good, and everyone is. You know, the the margin of error is is so razor thin. You know that. You have to take, you have to take, uh, you know, advantage of the opportunities that are given. And and, uh, and that's what they are doing. I mean, they take, they've taken advantage of the turnovers and they've, they've taken advantage of, you know, getting short fields and the special teams. And, and you got a good a good young kicker who just makes everything he looks at, you know, and hopefully that's the case, you know, again on you know, Sunday afternoon. But, again, they're just gritty, man. Just finding friendly, friendly right a way to I win. Mean, I think, uh, you know, having a little, you know, I, I think they've taken that underdog role. Really. You know, everyone, everyone's kind of doubted I them. And I think, uh, you know, it's, they got a little chip on the shoulder. So that, that definitely doesn't hurt uh, when it comes to this time of year. A
3: few minutes. Jay Moore with us, Blackshirt, Husker, NFLer, and co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. We're talking and previewing Cincinnati at Kansas City AFC Championship, Mahomes versus Burrow. Mahomes was incredible. As good as Saturday was with Cincinnati, you had an amazing finish with Tampa, and and then the Rams did their thing, which was great. And then it was uh, hold my beer time with <laughs> with Buffalo and Allen and 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 of course uh, Mahomes. How does Cincinnati win this? Is it as simple as is turnovers, momentum, pressure on Mahomes, or? Or is it? Is it got to be a shootout? I don't know what is more likely: Kansas City's better and adjusted since they got beat back in Week 15, or Burrow just goes from from great to excellent and wills this team to the Super Bowl. What do you think Sunday?
7: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the game they played just just got a you know a month ago. You know that was an absolute shootout. You know and. Uh... I just I don't know, I, I think it's just one of these where it's it, when you get to this this type and I mean I, I this is how I look at it. So I mean the Chiefs are play or excuse me, the, the Bengals have played two close ones, you know, against the Raiders and uh against the Raiders and Titans. And then you had you know Kansas City got off pretty easily against the Steelers. But I mean the energy and output they had to play against, against Buffalo. You know that's there's something to that, right? And to be able to duplicate that again, uh, you know, and they thought they were done and out, and also, of a you know, they had no overtime. It wasn't like they, you know, they played the full 15 minutes of overtime, but you know, they had to play some extra football boards, and some extra snaps. So, I, I think it, it, honestly, it's just simple. It just comes down to turnovers. You know, who takes the football? Field position is going to be key. You know, and and, and who's who's willing to take some chances? I, I think there's there's been such a great history and. In the you know whether it's the AFC you know championship game or like, wasn't it I'm pretty sure it was last year I can't remember it was the AFC title game or the AFC divisional game but I think you know Andy Reid goes for it on fourth down with with a backup quarterback when um, with uh, you know when when Mahomes went out when he was dealing with his toe injury and he goes for it and you get it so, you know who's he, who's able to capitalize when it is fourth and two you know when he got the ball out the opponent's you know, forty-five, and you probably, you know, you know, uh, you can't give it back to them, and you got to try to get points. You know, I think just capitalizing those type of situations. It's, it's like I said, the margin there is, is razor thin. It, you know, I, I feel like this game could come down to you whoever know, has the ball last is it, probably going to win. So I, I think I think the Chiefs hang. I, I, I excuse me, I think the Bengals hang with the Chiefs. I really do. I think them seven points is is a lot. Uh, I think the Chiefs, you know, they, they gave up a ton of energy. Uh, against against the Bulls, and uh, I, I like I like the you know the Bengals to hang tough and again continue to be gritty and fight, you know. And that, that Burrow chase connection is 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 a nasty one.
3: I'll say this: you you win with giving up nine sacks and Burrow getting the hell beat out of him. You can you can survive anything, <laughs> okay? Yeah. So, sure, you're right. And, yeah. and his accuracy. I mean, we were we were both watching, it and it was like, man, that that's an incredible throw. He's been hurried and harassed all game. And we look at Aaron Rodgers and Brady, right? Look how right. look how, out of rhythm they were because of really good pass rushes. Well, Burrow never seemed to get out of rhythm. His accuracy stayed. He didn't rush things. And I guess that comes with age and not getting crushed as long. You know, when you look at just the, the mileage on Brady and Rodgers, and I look at all three games in the pass rush and – how it affects a quarterback, I was pretty wowed by Brady. Jay, I want to switch to Aaron Rodgers for a second. And I know he's got a decision to make. He's 39, but I think he's a young 39. He's got weapons in Green Bay. They've won 13 games a year the last three years. They should have more Super Bowls. They don't. I think he's really good. Obviously he's a Hall of Famer. What would you do? I mean, put yourself in his stocking hat, man. Would you you look at Maybe going to somewhere else in the NFC, uh, would you look at trying to get a trade to, to Dallas with Dallas's weapons? Would you look at New Orleans? I know Peyton's gone, but New Orleans is just ready-made. All they're missing is a quarterback. I don't know. Or is Green Bay, is is the status quo your best option to keep winning and finally get a second ring?
7: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, I think with, with you know, the, the hire the Broncos just made, you know, with Hackett, I think – you know, I think I think Denver's kind of put all their chips in in the middle and said, "Hey, let's do what we can to get Adams and, and Rodgers there." But I just don't. I mean, if I'm, if I'm Aaron Rodgers in the year of 39 and you know, in a year or whatever, I can be a quarterback. Like you want a championship, right? Let's not go to the AFC where let's be honest. That's that's where the Baro Lamar Jackson, right yeah, right. Mahomes, <laughs> yeah, Mahomes. You know, Allen, Herbert, all these. I mean. AFC West would just be an absolute grind to go through every year, you know, and, and let's, you know, then you got, you know, I, I think New England's going to get better with, with their young guy uh, from Alabama. So, yeah, I, I'd look at, so I'd either look at, you know, staying in, staying in uh, Green Bay. I think looking at San Francisco is, is a definite possibility, you know, being from California, going to Cal, the Bay Area. I think that's a, a definite scenario. Uh that I would pay attention to uh, New Orleans is interesting. I don't know, you know, who they go and get with Sean Pate, you know, with him stepping down, but I think Dallas is a, you know, Noel McCarthy, you know, next back there. But I mean, I think they, that yeah, got man. I think that's, that's a, that's a tough one. So I honestly, I would lean him probably, I don't know what the odds are, but I would lean him staying in Green Bay. But again, as you know, where, where is, you know, the relationships there with, I don't think it's a floor issue. I think it's a, I think it's a management issue up top, sure, you know, and with this this and there. So I would lean there, but I would also take a look at, at San Francisco, you know, I don't know what, you know, it, You know, if, they, if San Francisco goes ahead and wins this weekend, I, I, you know, them trying to do something different with Garoppolo, it would seem insane. And obviously they just drafted Trey Lance, you know, in third or sure. fourth and sixth last year. So it's a, it's a tricky situation, you know, because there's obviously plenty of places for him to go, but it's also, you know, he only has a couple of years. And he's had good talent, In, in if there's, if there's a knock on, to me, Aaron Rodgers, you know, all the wins he's had and decent talent in, in Green Bay. And I mean, that only has one Super Bowl win. So, you know, is that is that an Aaron Rodgers deal, or is that, you know, uh, or, or Green Bay Packers, you know, now just capitalize, just oh, just a team just playing better. I mean, that's just – the teams are so good when you get to the NFC championship, man, I mean. The years they you know they lost the Giants P.O., you know and the, the playoffs up there so it's it's uh it's it's going to be another I'm sure full fields fun filled drama all season with uh, Aaron Rodgers.
3: Well, I will text you if we head down. I will text you for those sideline passes.
7: Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, he, we'll be there. Uh, I would say uh, you know it's it's about minus twenty five hundred that we're uh, we're at a barson or watching the end Sunday. Oh, close, close 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 to uh, I would i say it's probably minus twenty five hundred plus you know two thousand that we're on the we're on the sidelines. Oh I'm getting I'm getting five. I'm
3: getting texted now, man. And we gotta go. We gotta go dead. <laughs> so Jay will uh Great. we'll check in soon, buddy. Thanks for the time.
7: All right, sounds good.
3: Yeah, see promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR.
2: He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taught preteen teen
6: Swedish boy.
3: Good stuff from Jay Moore talking NFL, AFC, NFC Championship. You'll hear that uh, on ESPN. Lincoln, some of our affiliates also will have coverage. Sister Station KFOR going to have Mitch Holtis and the Chiefs uh, Network. Handling that, uh, some more feedback on Husker basketball. Brian chimes in as we're still streaming on ESPN Lincoln Twitter and ESPN Lincoln Facebook through StreamYard. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And Brian says no discipline, lack of fundamentals, dribble around with your head down while you have open guys down low. Run an offense, rebound, play defense. Fred lets it happen. Bad decisions bad shots. One of our more vocal listeners and followers, we love hearing from him, Rock Westfall says, impeach the mayor. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> so many Nebraska fans are like that. Over under on crowd tomorrow? Elijah? Uh, I, the, the, the number is going to throw me off. Eight?
1: Can, can we go capacity? I'll take under 50%. It's going to be under 50% capacity.
3: So you're saying 7,500?
1: Uh, somewhere around there, yeah, 7,000, 7,500. The, the, the lower bowl is going to look a little bit sparse. There'll be people mm-hmm. there. The, the student section will probably fill up that one lower
3: bowl, but then the, behind the hoop will probably be pretty empty. Well, you tell me, man, you're not a student anymore, but you're in that realm. Students got to be like, dude, this is done. You know how when Nebraska goes sideways for football, it'd be a ghost town in that southeast corner of the end zone. Well, th- Are students still somewhat intrigued, or they just want to go see Bryce do some uh, highlight reel ducks? I-, I think they're more just looking
1: for a social activity to go do on a Saturday if they're bored. Less, There's me- lots of bars. <laughs> Well, uh, not everyone in that student section is twenty-one. If you if you catch my drift,
3: uh-huh. <laughs> I mean the big problem. Unlike with- unlike you, who knows a guy who takes high school bets. Oh, I know. They I know. don't have that friend down the hall that I, has the uh, the red background on his dorm wall or his fraternity <laughs> room. It's not one guy, Schmidt. It's a whole network. You know oh, there's, there's a network. They, they got to cover the whole state. <laughs> N- great. Uh, so we told you about Jordan Riley entering the transfer portal. So this is what you have: Robinson, Rogers, Polar Bear, and then how quickly can you develop redshirt freshmen? You have Marquise Black, Roquan Buckley, Jalen Weaver. Buckley is looking the part, and we'll see where he can go. Jalen Weaver's giant. I mean, he's like Riley Giant. So we'll see where that, that's going to be so key for Nebraska football. You saw how the, the last two games went as that defense did so much heavy lifting. They kind of faded a bit against the run. I do wonder if that Jordan Riley departure speaks a little bit to the, the
1: development of some of the younger guys in the room, a la Nash sure. and That That's what I wonder. If you look at this going into spring with a new defensive line coach and you go, yeah, with these freshmen coming up, I'm not sure if, uh, if I have to go impress a new coach in here with two Yodi gone. You probably got close with two Now you have to go re-impress a new coach all over again with some of the younger talent coming up. I wonder if that's what it speaks to, saying let's just go take a, a shot somewhere else. If I'm going to have to impress a new coach in anyway,
3: let's just go get a fresh start. Baseball, Husker baseball, let's talk expectations. Are we just going to throw the gauntlet down and despite the departures say... Okay, go win the Big Ten again. I know that's probably Will Bolt, the coaching staff, and a lot of the returning players' expectation. We've done it once. Let's do it again. Let's go win the Big Ten. Uh, With some of these new pieces, you you don't know what you have arm-wise from a development standpoint with, with Coach Christie and Coach Childress. I mean, you're in amazing hands. Offense has been good for Nebraska under Coach Bolt. And you're going to need to have guys continue to thrive. But with the Big Ten, you know, who are your threats going to be this year? Typically, it's been Michigan. Ohio State's been all right. Minnesota's been either up or down. Sparty's been – I mean, there's minimal teams in the Big Ten that that are postseason worthy. It's not been a a heavy league of, of bids. Now, Nebraska is on the right path. They have the right direction. We talked a lot today about coaching and development and coachability, all that good stuff. You've got a really good one in Will Bolt who's going to attack it. He'll have him ready. You know, the CWS released their dates for the College World Series. It's going to be a, a Friday night start. That'll be Awesome. Double headers throughout and you know omaha maybe 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 this is year nebraska goes to a super or hosts a regional and we'll see what they put together we'll see what they absolutely put together uh with um with this squad and and how ready they can be but uh, of of what you have here you feel pretty good about the nebraska football additions on staff uh, from a talent standpoint, you felt okay about Nebraska basketball, but it's never meshed. And then there's Will Bolt and John Cook and Husker Volleyball that have been pretty much the real deal. Let's go to the phones. John's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. John, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, my comment is, I'm real close to 80. And the group
8: of people I hang out with, probably our average age is about 78. And we've been... Doing Nebraska sports, at least from the time we were five. And we're nowhere like you are, you know, could rough a game or sportscaster of the year, but we're smart enough and savvy enough to tell when something is doing well and isn't. Sure. Myself and my family, we gave our football tickets away last year and the year before. We haven't had basketball tickets for two years. And a lot of us are just, you know, not seeing anything positive. You know, I can hear, oh, we got all this talent. Well, then, if you got all this talent, then do something with it. You know, do something with it. Because a lot, I mean, a lot of us aren't going, you know, a lot of over half of us have given up our basketball tickets, and about 20% have given up their football tickets. So, I don't know what Nebraska needs to do, but they're going to lose a lot of old timers. most of us are probably going to pass away in the next few years. But there's a, there's a real problem. With John, the thanks program. for your
3: input, Bud. Appreciate you, you tuning in and making a phone call to us. And yeah, that that's fair. The, the I mean, hope, there's the been a lot feel, of yeah. No, there, there's you just you can't take it anymore. Yeah, it, it's beyond being fair weather. It's you get zero enjoyment out of the experience. It's one thing back in the day when KU and Roy Williams had roll in. And in past years, you'd have a shot to beat him because you did pretty well at the Devaney Center against KU. You held your own. There was a time there where it turned and KU treated you like a pinata, like they're supposed to. And you were just over-talented, or I should say out-talented, overmatched by a Final Four team. But you're not seeing, like Jacob touched on earlier, a, a lower tier big 10 team jump up and sting a better big 10 team that happens throughout the league. You're not seeing it. We'll have some, uh, some picks for the NFC and AFC next.
5: Like what you hear high quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail varsity radio show podcast, $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you for less than $20 can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code
2: gbr Miss us. Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
3: One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, is. We just missed the uh, the hounds being released from the basement before we gear up and head over to Lincoln Southwest. They host, they host North Star tonight. Be sure to catch that over on sister station KFOR. If there's barking in the background, it may be my uh, neighbor Lars throwing live hand grenades at my puppies. He's not a fan. That's all right, though. You uh, can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com, and uh, follow us here on the stream as we wind it down. ESPN Lincoln on Twitter and also ESPN Lincoln Facebook. So, Elijah, you and your mustache, are you ready to make some picks here for a, an abbreviated quick forecast? And are you ready to do a steak and a beer? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Line is minus seven and a half. Chiefs are favored. Three and a half for the Rams over San Francisco. Here's what my gut tells me. My gut says KC will have adapted. They will have adjusted. They can can play football an 11-play drive and milk some clock, or they can still murder you with big plays. I think the fact that Tennessee... Was so inept on offense. Kept Cincinnati in it. No disrespect to them. Joe Burrow's a man for handling nine sacks and making great throws despite being crushed. Didn't get to happen for him on on Sunday. Too much Kansas City pass rushed. Too much uh, well, revenge on the mind of the Chiefs. Chiefs win it and they cover. I think this is a double-digit win for Kansas City. Give me the Chiefs 33 21 over Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you here. And it, it comes down to you correct that the Chiefs' pass rush is going to be huge here. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, if you give Joe Burrow enough time, they're going to get open. One of those two guys is going to be single covered against this Chiefs defense. Uh, you would think it's probably going to be T. Higgins. I still like him getting open against whoever the Chiefs put out there. Trevarius Ward, it doesn't matter. Uh, I like those guys getting open. So it comes down to the Chiefs' pass rush. I think the Chiefs' pass rush does enough to get a win. I think it's an ugly win. I think the Chiefs win by, let's say, 434. Uh, 5-31, to 31, the Chiefs get
3: a victory on Sunday in advance to the Super Bowl. So you're taking Cincy in the cover. I am. I am. Pretty much. Okay. Rams, San Fran, is it a clean sweep for those 49ers? Bosa, Armstead, incredible. The running game, Debo, I mean, a lot to like about San Francisco. And the lesser of two evils, though, <laughs> Is Stafford a quarterback? I think Cam Akers has a bounce back. How many mistakes are too many for the Rams to lose this one? You dodged a bullet last weekend. I think they play better football and they get to the Super Bowl for the second time in four years. That three-and-a-half numbers probably right on it. Give me a 28-24 and a barely a cover by the Rams as they are back in the Super Bowl over San Fran.
1: Yeah, uh, I like the Rams too in this one as uh, it's Cooper Cubs having one of those seasons. I think he puts together a monster day on Sunday. I think that's the difference for the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams to cover this one.
3: Give me 31 to 21. The Rams get a win. All right. And cover. High school ball tonight on KFOR. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning for the weekend edition on Hale Varsity. Thanks.
1: A at Media
8: Production.